A word to the wise, we are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. No, you're not. (laughs) However, I would put in maybe a brief warning. We're going to talk about Red Rising a little bit and maybe a little bit about Blake Crouch's recursion and dark matter so good point if uh if if you haven't read those or listened uh to those episodes of which you can't listen to the Blake Blake crouch ones you get the point um you know maybe be a little bit cautious with this one this is really just setting expectations Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. We tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Yeah, and today is a little bit different because today is a episode zero. This is before we start our next book, which is fucking bonkers. This is just yeah. after our one year anniversary. Like we are... <laughs> We're abandoning everything we know. It's it's really interesting. Um, you know, we've we've got a couple of different things to talk about, uh, but we haven't done this in in a very long time. But we'll we'll get into that in a second. Just to clarify, today, like PJ said, is our kickoff episode covering Mistborn, Arrow One by Brandon Sanderson. Um, the the interesting thing that we're going to do here, I mean, we'll talk about what we're sipping on here. This is going to be a short, quick episode. All, all told and we're doing it kind of sequentially out of order a little bit um we still have some red rising stuff to do we still got some interviews going on but i wanted to get this out of the way early-ish here so that pj can read the first section and give me feedback on pacing uh to make sure that i'm not you know paperback's a little bit different different narrator different story style so you know just for note-taking purposes we had to record this one early so right Yes. So this is, it's not that early though. It's, we've got one more thing. But before we talk any more about this, uh, let's talk about what we're drinking. What are you sipping on this afternoon? I've got a single leftover Guinness from our uh, PJ's Symposium of Media and Whimsy beer episode. Mm-hmm. If you are interested in listening to us break down a bunch of different beer styles, um, that is a Patreon only show that we do once a month. Um, that I lead instead of Crossland. And it's it's definitely a good one this month. I would highly recommend. I am also having a beer from that. I'm having uh, the Hacker Shore, Hacker Shore, right? It's Shore? Shore, I believe. Uh, Shore, yeah. Hacker Shore Vice Beer. Yeah, and, you know, solid. It, again, we talked about it there, but it's it's just a good beer. Wanted something to sip on while we kind of chat about, you know, the, the future, the next era of the show, and... Also, era one of Mistborn. Yeah. So um, for anyone, just to kind of preamble, PJ, what do you know about the series Mistborn? Um, so I currently have the box set trilogy in my hand. Mm-hmm. It is still in cellophane. And I am absolutely a, subscri- a subscriber to Team No Hype. So I know it is called Mistborn by a man named Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> and that's and fucking that, it. That's it i i know vaguely that it's kind of in the realm of high fantasy mm-hmm. that's all that's all i know yeah yeah i would say that this is going to be very interesting so just to kind of give you a little bit more this isn't really breaking team no hype the reason i specify era one 
is this series does continue after this first trilogy. So we're just going to be touching on the first trilogy. The second uh, series isn't quite finished yet. So I didn't want to catch us in, but it, it will be. It actually already has a release date. But I didn't want us to be caught up in kind of the same thing that we had with Red Rising. We may come back to that second trilogy later. Um, but for now, we're just kind of containing ourselves within Era 1, this first trilogy contained story. So that's... You know, not really a spoiler, but an explainer as to why I'll refer to it as Arrow 1, um, kind of, you know, from here on out, whenever it's brought up. But, yeah. So, is that the official title? Yes, Arrow it, is, it is referred to as Arrow 1. Yep. Okay. Brandon Sanderson has four arrows planned for Mistborn. Gotcha. So, yeah. That said, it, very, very exciting to kind of get to talk about something different. But one of the things that I want to make sure that we covered in this kind of episode zero is you, you said Team No Hype, but it's hard to have Team No Hype coming off such good book highs, you know, and I like know. restarting a series and starting at the ground. Like now we got to lay all the groundwork again. So that's that's new. It's different. Yeah, I have no idea what to think. Like, I have no idea how to feel. I have been almost exclusively immersed in in pierce brown as far as like writing goes mm-hmm. reading goes and i say almost exclusively because uh i'm in school so i get to read textbooks too but like this is the only thing i've been fucking reading is red rising and pierce brown in general other than like our little short pours which are like short stories for the most part mm-hmm. um and even then one of them was pierce brown so man like i <laughs> i have no expectations but also i'm nervous to like, how am I going to break this down? I don't know anything about this author. I don't know like what to expect. Am I, what's going to happen? And yeah. Yeah. It's exciting, but it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Something that I, I feel in particular very strongly, my history with Brandon Sanderson, I actually have talked about at least two or three times on the podcast, but then I've always cut it out, I think. So I don't know if it's ever been shared widely, but I loved my, my grandfather loved the wheel of time series and loved the dark tower series. And so when he passed away, I got a lot of his books and that's when I like read the dark tower and I read the wheel of time, Robert Jordan, the author of the wheel of time passed away before he'd actually finished the series. And Brandon Sanderson was actually brought on to finish the series kind of when we were in high school um, and the year after, or sorry, no. Yeah. When we were in high school. And so I read that and I finished the series and I really I, at first, I didn't I didn't like his prose, and he was a younger author at that point, and um, I didn't read any more Sanderson because I didn't kind of enjoy the way that The Wheel of Time ended, and, um, you know, uh, until goaded by our listeners and otherwise into giving this a go and potentially covering it, and... Um, I got to say, very happy that I was goaded into it, and that's why we're, why we're going to talk about it. But yeah, I I was turned off from Brandon Sanderson for a very long time, so it's uh, it's going to be a really, really fun adventure in a lot of ways. Um, and it just goes to show, like, don't judge someone's art based on one single experience with their art. Right. Yes. So, especially when they're doing it for someone else, you know, like, that was... Yeah, that's mm, going to be tough. A little foolish. Yeah. That's kind of my background with Brandon. I don't expect, of course, you to know a whole lot about Brandon, but he is generally referred to as the most prolific living fantasy writer, high fantasy writer today. Okay. He writes about two and a half books a year, which is insane. Fucking slow down, man. No, dude is dude is a fucking <laughs> machine. He puts out 
uh, like YouTube updates on like where he's at with different drafts and stuff like that. And he has so many projects in the fire. He has three, at least three ongoing series that I can think of. Obviously, Mistborn is still progressing through the eras over time. He's got the Stormlight Archive, which is his really big high fantasy um, effort, of which I haven't read yet. And then he, I think, I think just finished the other one, which is Skyward. I, I think there's a proper name for the for the series that's outside of that, but that's actually science fiction. A um, little bit more YAE, but it's it's definitely you know good. Beyond that, Brandon Sanderson, you know, little other background. He is a uh, Mormon. Went to Brigham Young University, teaches creative writing there once a year, in addition, hosts a number of podcasts and is is very open on that. In 2020, actually, part of the reason that I eventually did give in and read it is because I listened to the entirety of the lectures that he gave at Brigham Young because he put them all out for free on YouTube and fantastic writing advice. Great, um, great strategies to kind of get, you know, get through the process and it definitely helped out and convinced me after I took that to, uh, to pay for a different course, not from him, but from, from someone else entirely. But yeah, Mm -hmm. being that there was still a lot to learn, I, you know, I took that and I was like, okay, the free stuff was great. Let's pay for, pay for something and pick a little bit more up. But yeah, that's, that's Sanderson in a nutshell. Things I can tell you that aren't spoilery. Uh, do you have any reaction to that? Any thoughts? How the fuck do you keep out. canon like straight when you're writing three different trilogies at a time or three different series at a time? Yeah. This is also to say that that's not all that he's doing because he also has other books and other worlds going on that aren't strict universes but he follows a very very specific set of rules that helps him kind of maintain all of that canon and he's got a number of beta readers and processes in place to ensure that he doesn't fuck anything up okay it's kind of insane um i would say that that's one of the most interesting things about brandon sanderson is how meticulous everything is everything has a purpose and that's nuts like that wow Mm -hmm. Just it's it's definitely a very different process where Pierce Brown is kind of a pantser when it comes to writing, where it's like he's got an idea of where he wants things to go. But, you know, that's how we get loosey goosey stuff like characters having yeah. mismatching names and, you know, different different moments like that or different number of children even. <laughs> so, Which is not something that Brandon Sanderson fucks up. Right. I, I can imagine based on that, just based on that alone, having beta readers and having some sort of system for it. But mm-hmm. how, just for my own reference, how old is Brandon Sanderson? Uh, he is relatively young for, you know, this prolific of a writer. He's 45. Okay. And Pierce Brown so, is in his thirties. Yeah. I think he just turned like 31 or 32 or something like that. Okay. Okay. So, but this book came out, uh, Mistborn came out in 2008. I want to say that feels right. Oh no, 2006. So like, consider that this was, you know, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So subtract that he was 30 when Mistborn came out. So that, that's another thing to keep note of. I just, I know every once in a while we get some like contemporary references from Pierce Brown are intentional and kind of a little out of place and weird, like the by Felicia thing, shit like that. Like that doesn't happen often, but it happened a couple times. Mm hmm by felicia yeah you know among others yeah exactly so i'm here i was curious if something like that was going to bleed through he it sounds like he's a little bit older than that and a little bit more mature of a writer i guess based on based on what you're telling me 
Not that Pierce Brown is immature, but he's young. I I would think so. I've got a slightly. I just want to tinge that a little bit, right? At this point, this book would have been released around the time, like in career wise, age wise, um, would have been right around like Morningstar ish, right? So, you know, that is. 2006? Yeah, 15 years off 45. He's 30, right? Oh, so subtract. okay. I'm not saying the books at the same time. I'm saying books relative to age. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's. I think that's worth measuring and worth considering. Okay, good to know. But yeah, meticulously crafted. He's, he's very... He follows specific rules and actually one of the things that he defined early on with kind of his writing style and everything else that he does is... The difference between hard and soft magic, which is really, really great to understanding fantasy, a hard magic rule system playing out kind of like a video game would, right, where you can't like break rules and then the occasional soft magic maybe being something larger and plotty. Um, you know, does okay. that, that kind of make sense? He's it. Define, give me give me some more detail on soft magic, because I, I think I've got hard magic understood, um, but I, I'm having difficulty grasping what you mean so the a sort of in inside of fantasy we can point to like the lord of the rings very easily right most of the lord of the rings magic is soft magic we have no clue how it works and it comes up in different moments uh but it's it's maybe restrictive in one way or another we, okay. we just really don't have any clue as to how outside of the fact that we know that like the vanir and whatever we we, we understand enough about you know to, to be like, oh, okay, that's oh, that's acceptable within this world. Yeah, so it's it's not that there isn't a rule set for it. It's that we don't know it. We're not exposed to it. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Potentially. He he explains it as kind of like the difference between hard and soft sciences, too. Um, and that's why he kind of uses the term that way. But okay. the his so his laws of magic, of which, again, not a spoiler, are frequently compared to Asimov's um, laws of robotics. Because he effectively has three laws of magic, and they they match up in in their own way, right? So Sanderson's laws of magic are an author's ability to solve conflict with magic is directly proportional to how well the reader understands said magic. Two, weaknesses, limits, and costs are more interesting than powers. And three, the author should expand on what is already a part of the magic system before something entirely new is added, as this may otherwise entirely change how the magic system fits into the fictional world. And additionally... In Asimov's tradition, he added a zeroth law, which is zero, always err on the side of what's awesome. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with it. I yeah. understand. It's, I mean, it's, it's a good foundation, right? And it's, um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm very excited to like give this a go. It's going to be different for sure. Yes. Yes, I think so. So another sort of not quite dealing with the series itself, but dealing with our show our listeners are kind of what got mm-hmm. you to consider this as their next series, correct? Yes. Yep. So is there a significant crossover in, in fandom between Red Rising and Mistborn for any specific reason? Or is it just that they're both good series? I think it's that they're both good series. I think that Sanderson is um, more widely known at this point. Not not as though he is... Yeah, I would I would just say more widely known and very widely read. Uh, I mean, obviously, given kind of the time frame that I gave you, 2006 through 2007, like this for our generation would have been like a, a middle school, high school 
book series, right? And it's mm-hmm. of it's and I'm not saying that like should have read it at that point, but it was released around then. So I think that it's something that people were able to get into and then kind of developed with him and read what was kind of coming out, you know, after each book release. So okay. I, I think he's just been publishing more books for longer, and so he's a very popular author. But yeah, like like you said. There is a good a good overlap of people who love Brandon Sanderson who um, definitely have had been egging me on since day one uh, to be like after you do Red Rising are you going to do Brandon Sanderson and I'm like probably I probably have to <laughs> don't I like <laughs> um, so it, it was it was one of those things where it's like all right I'll read it and then I read it and I was like oh nice very good mm-hmm. so yeah I'm I'm very excited to talk about this one I think one of the biggest shifts that I would pose back to you is we flip from a very first person heavy perspective, of course, with Pierce Brown, third person. So this is going to be a perspective shift for sure. Um, okay. Not everything is going to be quite as immediate because of the way that language works and, you know, third person versus first person. First person kind of puts you in the shit of things more often than not, regardless of whatever that is. So, yeah, that that makes that makes sense for something like this, I feel like. Um, for the same reason it made sense for recursion and dark matter in that we need some external outside of point of view understandings of of what's happening in the world and 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 like you have been talking about the rules with with red rising everything is technology driven from humanity but if we're introducing magic like we are here i'd like a a not not focused point of view. I'd like more of a narrator telling me about stuff like that. Um, similarly recursion, Blake Crouch, it's, it's rooted loosely in, in like quantum mechanics and science and stuff, but it's not real. So we need some sort of internal logic explained to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Of which, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited for the the changes that we're going to see and, and kind of like you said it's going to be very different to jump off of something we've pretty much only read sci-fi right like like you said blake crouch red rising we've we've predominantly been touching sort of the sci-fi genre although i would also argue that red rising has high fantasy elements it's just like romans and vikings in space to some degree yeah, it, yeah you know true. this is going to be more of a dip into i wouldn't call it high fantasy but i would call it fantasy okay I don't necessarily know the difference. This isn't like your Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right. And you shouldn't know. So I don't, you know. Yep. Okay. What do you mean yeah. I shouldn't know? I shouldn't know what well, the you, difference is? No, I didn't. Not the difference. <laughs> I meant you shouldn't know that it's not high fantasy. Okay. Does, well, you're also, I don't know. Spoiler free. I don't actually know the difference between fantasy and high fantasy. Uh, I would argue high fantasy implies sort of like, again, it's more of a genre boundary than anything else. It's not... A strict implication, I would say that high fantasy tends to be the sort of picturesque European sub like subgenre where it's like epic and characters and stature and, you know, the the original person who defined this. I've, I've talked about his books before uh, on other podcasts that we've been interviewed, but Lloyd Alexander um, with his chronicles of Pyridane really kind of honed that in and said, like, high fantasy is sort of this medieval, more or less. But that's not to say that everything everything fits there. But he does he did specify that he thinks that Lord of the Rings is kind of the epitome of what you would consider high fantasy. Fantasy, okay. regular fantasy, is an imagined world, a different world than ours that we're on, that incorporates magic, 
differences in systems. You know, if it's not Earth, it's basically fantasy, as long as it doesn't take place in the future, in which case you hit sci-fi. Once you once you incorporate so much technology, eventually it becomes sci-fi. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, okay. I, I think I, I think I understand. I think I get it. Like most D and D campaigns are closer to high fantasy than they are regular fantasy. Gotcha. That makes sense. If that, yeah. If that, so you get out. into like on sleeping city shit like that. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's like, Oh, what would you call that? That's like alternate. Or that's like urban fantasy. Yeah. Cause you know, it's earth. Um, and that's where like other, other fantasy doesn't necessarily have to be trapped. You know, Final Fantasy. There's a great example. Fi- the Final Fantasy games. I'm sure you haven't played any of them. Correct. <laughs> but you understand. Have you seen a Final Fantasy game ever? Yeah. I played one yeah. in the house for forever. Yep. You know, it, it incorporates a lot of the fantastical elements without kind of adhering itself to, you know, one stereotype, I would say. Harry Potter would be another example of fantasy that's not high fantasy. Great that, example. Yeah, I feel like that's a a really well rooted example. That makes total sense. I was just trying. I'm trying to think of other ones that you would know. That's kind of my but the hard part here. Um, like sword and sorcery is probably what you'd call regular fantasy. Um, but also like Harry Potter fits. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. so high fantasy is a very specific subsection of fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. To put it to put it kindly or to put it in an interesting tone. Mistborn is considered regular fantasy and the Stormlight Archive is considered high fantasy. So those those are delineations even within Brandon Sanderson's own work that exist. By my understanding, again, I haven't read the Stormlight Archive yet, but Okay. Another kind of shifting gears a little bit in the conversation. This is for you something a little bit different in that you didn't necessarily grow up with this series, right? No. You no, didn't follow it like you completed. did with, with Red Rising. Correct. This has been completed, um, and I picked it up completed and read it all in the span of two months, um, of which was fantastic. So yeah, this is this is something that I am newer to. Um, the great news here is that it's been well. There there are tons of resources out there for me to also pull from because it is so well developed. Uh, we were kind of you know various points like relying on searching through the book for things and, and components. Now it's going to be more about for me keeping out future spoilers than anything else because i should be able to correct any questions um and sometimes you know the question is going to be like a raffo uh again robert jordan was the raffo guy and brandon sanderson picked up that torch for jordan and so he literally i think sells shirts that say raffo um so this is very much of of that mindset so it's it's going to be different and we've kind of we've talked about that i mean a little bit here of course but i'm I'm excited. Like you said, I, I didn't grow up with this one quite as much. I was able to kind of just pound through them and it got to enjoy it. But yeah, one of the things that I would say here that I'm I'm curious about. So the title of the first book that we're that we're reading is The Final Empire. Does The Final Empire give you any sort of sense of what this could be? It gives me a sense of scale. It gives sure. me a sense of there there is going to be hopefully a rich history and backstory that will be internally known and um, canonized and the story will be written in a way that adheres to that, which is going to be really cool. I think I like that. I like the, I like, I, I really hate it when logic gets broken, I guess. So this gives me hope that that won't happen. 
hoping that there is some sort of internal logic and internal history, internal history that will be maintained. I, I think more so than Red Rising, of which has some, you know, we don't know exactly when Red Rising takes place in the future, which is in and of itself interesting. We just get like post-conquering era numbers. So we're mm-hmm. kind of left to assume um, with fantasy, there's none of the baggage that comes like with fantasy that takes place off of Earth. There's none of the baggage that comes with the history of Earth or even the timing or the continent or, you know, yeah. anything like that. So this is all kind of a new start in a lot of ways. So And, like, just to be clear, like, that is just mm-hmm. a gut reaction and what I'm hoping for. Any fucking yokel can write a book called <laughs> The Final Empire, and it means nothing. I, I get that mm-hmm. and uh, totally understand it. This is my hope, and this is my gut, like, hope, I guess. Yeah. I am so excited uh especially obviously like you have the three books in your hand right so we we've got mistborn the final empire the well of ascension and the hero of ages and it's just it's so interesting you know like having having these three completed stories and having you have no fucking clue and like the the other titles are specific but fairly bland (laughs) like okay you know what's the well of ascension mean what's the hero of ages mean you know it's 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 a whole thing yeah they're for the most part, though, Red Rising kind of fell into that without... Yeah. If I were to read the the um, titles without having known anything about the story, I, I feel like I'd feel similar. Outside of getting out of the, the K-hole? No, I'm, just, I'm just excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited I'm just, to be I'm here. I'm just excited the to be here. The K-hole. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well... Like the ket- ket- like yes. ketamine? Okay. All yeah. right. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, K-hole could imply like Crossland Hole or something like that. And well, I was like, I needed to clarify. Um, but get out, you know. get out of my hole. <laughs> yeah. Please get out of my hovel. Um, it's not, it's very warm in here. Um, it's not yeah. where I was going with it. Yeah. I, I figured that's why I tried to change it. <laughs> <laughs> tried to spurn your, your bullshit and turn it on for myself i need to stop talking yeah i think you're you're digging Um, yourself into a an even tighter hole i guess (laughs) a deeper tighter hole um yeah neat well that was a spiral um (laughs) but for all of you who are fans of mistborn that didn't follow us with red rising welcome to our show i hope you enjoy it and i hope to uh have some wonderful, fun conversations and interactions with each and every one of you, if you so yeah. desire. Yeah, very, very excited, of course, to expand the audience and, and listen and talk with kind of a, another, you know, group of group of folks. And we hope that everyone else as well um, sticks around and, and listens to this. I know a number of people have been reading it specifically because they know that we're going to read this and they also want to stay ahead of you, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you know, one of the things that I, I didn't bring up that I, I do want to bring up, one of the one of the big components of Red Rising that we've talked about a lot is the sort of internal referential material to anything else, to stoicism, to philosophy, to art, um, to all of that. And being that we're we're going into a fantasy series of which does not take place on Earth, we're not gonna have that anymore. That'll be weird. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot more of a 
we're going to have to get deep into like themes and characters and some some of those other components a little bit more and push a little bit harder on those things just to kind of cover the same sort of you know same sort of ground we still want to be you know digging and exposing components of the story here and uh and thinking about it deeply since we're going through the book you know so methodically yeah yeah that'll be so that'll be interesting that'll be fun yeah it's gonna be different for sure so all right with that um what kind of sign off are we doing I don't know if this is your first time. Um, chances are good that the same week that this comes out, we are probably putting out episode one. So look for that either later this week or next week. I'm going to assume later this week, though. Hey, folks, I want to provide you with a small update here. We are going to be reading through chapter three through chapter three with each of these chapter updates that also includes because of the way the audiobook does it. The next section of the mm. journal so, or the italicized portion check it out so should be a grand old time i'm very excited we got a we got a lot of a lot of book to go through so this is going to occupy us for about six months and then you know we'll we'll see where we go from there i'm i'm very excited should be should be a grand old time yeah yeah it should sweet so that's where we'll leave you for the week thank you for listening thank you as always to tim and andrew who uh really make this whole show happen you can uh is there gonna be show notes for this one there are always show notes there are always show notes okay uh you can check out <laughs> our show notes and find our schedule our instagram all of our socials uh patreon whatever else we've got going on i don't have any notes in front of me so i don't know i i can't remember off the top of my head everything that's in the show notes but it's a lot of shit and it's, yeah, it's- a great resource it's it's all right there, right? Like PJ said, you've got the link to the Patreon. Um, if this is your first time on social media, we are Words Whiskey Pod at Twitter and on Instagram. And then on top of that, our Patreon is just patreon.com forward slash words and whiskey. Like you said, you can find all of that, including the schedule for how quickly we'll be covering the series or how we'll be reading the series. You can find on our website at wordsandwhiskey.show. Yeah. Yeah, man. Here goes. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.